So we're in a, in a series called Can He Still? In our preparation for Pentecost, in the build-up to Pentecost, we are speaking about the nine gifts of the Holy Spirit that Paul writes about in 1 Corinthians 12. So you can take out your Bible or your notepad and write down 1 Corinthians 12, or you can page there. If you don't have your Bible with you, I'm sure there's a Christian close to you with the Bible, just kidding. At least we have a very Christian technical team that has the scripture for you on the screen. So Paul writes about nine gifts of the Holy Spirit. These are not the only gifts of the Holy Spirit, but this is what we focus on in 1 Corinthians 12. These nine gifts are categorized in three categories. And in the past three weeks, we have been speaking about these three categories. So we started the series with the question, can he still speak? This is about the inspiration gifts, about prophecy, speaking in tongues, and the interpretation of tongues. Then last week, we spoke about, can he still show? This is about the revelation gifts, the word of knowledge, word of wisdom, and discernment of spirits. The word of knowledge is all about a piece of information that God gives the believer to give to someone else that pertains to the past in your life, but to bring freedom now. A word of wisdom is a word from God for someone in the body, something that you can do now so that you can reap the benefit or the fruit in the future. Wisdom is knowledge applied. So frequently they work hand in hand. And then there's the discernment of spirits, and that's not for you to say, mm, I think she's got the spirit of Delilah in her. Uh, that's, that's, not, that's not what it's about. To say it in as plain as possible, it's to discern in the moment, whether it's in business, in relationships, in whatever, what is from God and what is not from God. Who is from God and who is not from God? Today, we focus on the last three gifts, the last category in 1 Corinthians 12. And we ask the question, can he still work? And we're not asking the question because we don't know the answer. Because we believe, yes, a resounding yes, an eternal yes, he still works. Amen? We're asking this question because it's a relevant question. Because it's a question that you struggle with. It's a question you ask frequently to yourself. When you have flu, should you go to this camp or should you pray? <laughs> now, please don't leave all your medication unless God tells you so personally with a prescription. 
But today we're talking about the power gifts. That's what this category is called. And it's about the gift of faith, the gift of healing, and the working of miracles. And I'm going to be as short as possible. I'm going to give you an oversight for you that do not have knowledge about this, to have some knowledge about this, but I would love to minister to you and have you out of here before three o'clock this afternoon. <laughs> so 1 Corinthians 12, verse 6 to 11, New Living Translation says, God works in different ways, but it is still the same God who does the work in all of us. Say all of us. That includes you, if you were wondering. Verse seven, a spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. Other translations say to encourage the body. This is the church. To one person, the spirit Gift gives the ability to give wise advice to another. The same spirit gives a message of special knowledge. The same spirit, underlined this, gives great faith to another. And to someone else, the one spirit gives the gift of healing. Underline this. He gives one person the power to perform miracles. Underline that. And another the ability to prophesy. He gives someone else the ability to discern whether a message is from the Spirit of God or from another spirit. Still, another person is given the ability to speak in unknown languages while another is given the ability to interpret what is being said. It is the one and only Spirit who distributes all these gifts. He alone decides which gift each person should have. So, I'm going to skip all the fancy stuff and all the context, and I'm just going to dive right in. Speaking about the, the gift of great faith, not normal faith, great faith. Healing, miracles. First, the gift of faith this gift, like all the other gifts, is miraculous, and it's supernatural. It surpasses our natural way of seeing and understanding things. This goes far and beyond the faith we have in Christ to save us. This go, goes far and beyond the fruit of faith. This goes far and beyond the faith we put in people or in things. You put your faith in your car that it won't break down on your way to church. This is not great faith. This is not the gift of faith. This is also not the kind of faith that got you saved, declaring that Jesus is your savior and your king of your life. This great faith in a moment is the faith you receive from the Holy Spirit as he chooses or 1 Corinthians 14, as you desire to surpass all understanding and natural logic, 
to have a deep sense and a deep knowing that you can do something very extravagant that may seem to others very reckless, but you know that God is in it and that he will provide and that he will come through. None of these gifts work without God. <laughs> None of these gifts are just a superpower to benefit you. This is for the benefit of the church. Now, I wanna give you a quick example of how this gift works. And I've chosen examples from the Old Testament and the New Testament so that you can see that the Holy Spirit is just as much God as God the Father and God the Son, Jesus. He was also there from the very beginning, not just from Pentecost. He just permanently indwells us because Jesus is no longer here. So, Daniel chapter three, I'm gonna tell you an awesome story. There's this king, King Nebuchadnezzar. He loves himself, and he decides to make a big golden statue of himself. And he decides that his people in this kingdom should worship only this statue of him. Have you ever read about or seen a leader that think, thinks everything should be and revolve around them. <laughs> this guy's the same. These three Hebrew guys, and they say, no way. We will only bow before Yahweh, our living God. We will not bow before this king and worship him. This made this king very, 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 very angry. And he said, now He made a huge fire in an oven. This fire was so hot that if you read chapter three in the book of Daniel, the people who came close to the oven died of the heat. And he says, listen, I'm throwing you guys in here because you don't want to worship me, so sorry, ne? This is how it is now. You worship me or you die by fire. And they're like, sweet. Today seems like a great day to die by fire. And they are gifted by the gift of great faith to know that they can step into the fiery furnace that's so hot that even the people around the thing dies of the heat, but they know that there will be an exception for them because of the faith given to them by the Holy Spirit that they can walk with confidence into this fiery furnace and that God will be with them. This isn't your, your typical faith of, I'm on reserve, but I believe I can get to harvest place from here. No, this is the gift of great faith that surpasses natural laws. The law of nature says, 
When you're in the fire, you're going to burn. If you're there long enough, you're going to die. If you're there long enough, you're going to be cremated. That's the law of nature. But not with the abilities that the Holy Spirit gives us. So, in verse 27, 28, and 29, we read in Daniel chapter 3, Then the high officers, officials, governors, and advisors crowded around them and saw that the fire had not touched them. Listen to this. Not a hair on their heads was signed, and their clothing was not scorched. Listen to this. They didn't even smell of smoke. Now, you know, if you're in the bush felt, you just took a nice shower. You were hoping the guys would have already been finished with the braai. They haven't even started yet. Now you're there in your clean clothes. You washed your hair, feeling fresh. And now that, that little smoke comes from the fire to you. And you're trying to dodge that smoke as best as you can, trying to keep it away, trying to do what you can because you always smell smoke. If you smoke and you are trying to hide it from your people, you're failing. They know. Because you can always smell smoke. But the Bible says their clothing didn't even smell like smoke. Then Nebuchadnezzar said, praise to the God of Sadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These are the three Hebrew guys. He sent his angel to rescue his servants who trust in him. They defied the king's command and were willing to rather than serve and worship any God except their own God. Therefore, I make this decree. Now he's instating a new law. If any people, whatever their race or nation or language, speak a word against the God of Sadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they will be torn limb from limb. Now, I don't think this king was instantly saved because this is brutal. He's a savage. They will be torn limb to limb, and their houses will be turned into heaps of rubble. Brutal guy. There is no other God who can rescue like this. This was just the guy who instated a law that says everybody must worship me. And the reason why we as the people of God should operate in the gift of great faith and desire the gift of great faith and then in obedience step into the gift of great faith is that people with authority issues and people who are self-centered and people who think they are God and do not have to submit to God in the way they live, in the way they speak, in the way they do life, can bow the knee and say, there is no other way than the supernatural living God that this could happen. This is why we should operate in these gifts. 
because it moves people from idol worship to worshiping the true living God. It moves us. It shakes us. It shapes us. Mizan, my wife and I, we, a few years ago, completed a very big financial milestone in our lives. And that is to have at least one of the cars we drive to be paid off completely. So one day I'm driving in my car and the Lord says, give it away. And I'm like, what, Lord, no. And in the moment, the Holy Spirit gifts me with the gift of great faith. I have a deep knowing, a deep sense that it's all gonna be okay. This is for the glorification of God. This is so that someone else will know that God is king and not someone else. To know that God is in control and not people. How many of you feel like people are in control most of the time? They decide your fate. This is so that people can know that people are not in control, but God has their destiny in his hand. Long story short, we prayed about it. God showed us the person we should give the car to. We get all the documents together. Uh, we get the spare keys, make the tank full of petrol, wash it nicely, and then we said, okay, listen, we're coming for a coffee. Are you there? They're like, yes, we're there. On, on our way there, we say, listen, God said we must give you this. Here's the keys, the spare keys, the NITIS documents, um, the, the pink slip so that you can transfer it onto your name. Um, my part is filled in already. Be blessed. God is with you. This person cracks and cries and falls down on their knees saying that they were riding in their car that was not functioning well at all. Then she spoke to her dog in the seat next to her. And a car like the one we gave her was riding in front of them. And she told the dog, yeah, I wish I could have something like that. It would be so beneficial for my business. That was three weeks prior to us giving her the vehicle. We couldn't afford to just drive one car. We need to be at different places at different times. But we just knew that we knew that God would make a way. Fast forward, me riding a bicycle for 18 months, God uses someone else who I did not know, telling me, listen, come have a coffee at my place. I'm like, can't really, they're like insisting, I'm like, okay, but boil the kettle, I'm gonna be there in 10 minutes, um, and I'm, I can only stay for 15. This guy tells me, we only need five. I'm like, my kind of guy. I get there, they give me the keys and the spare keys and the documents for a car three times the value of the one that I've given away just for me to know that people are not in control, but God, Yahweh, is still the King of all kings and still the Lord of all lords and still the one that deserves all of our praise. This is why the church needs to function in these gifts. Second gift is the gift of healing. Now I'm gonna run through. I'm coming in for landing, so put on your safety belt. This is gonna go fast. The gift of healing is when there is a physical or a spiritual shortage. 
in your body where the pain or the brokenness is removed and restored into a way that it functions as it should. should. So for instance, I have a broken arm. Someone prays for my arm. Arm's not broken anymore. I can use it. But there are three, three different ways in which we can see the healing. There are three examples of healing. The first one we read about in Mark chapter 10, you can just note this. This is, and I'm, I'm using miracles of three different instances where people who are blind get healed uh, so that you can see the difference in the examples. The first example is of instant healing. In Mark chapter eight, oh, chapter 10, Jesus prays for a blind man. His name is Bartimaeus, and instantly he can see. 20-20 vision, very happy. He dances, he's so grateful, and he praises Jesus. The second example is progressive healing. Mark 10, Jesus prays for a blind man, and Mark writes with a lot of detail in, in this part, and he says, then he sees the trees and the stuff, and it's a bit blurry. So Jesus says, no. God, Yahweh, doesn't do half a job. We believe in full restoration and full complete healing. Jesus prays again. Now I think, because this is, how, this is how these gifts work, you need faith to receive the gift and operate in obedience with the gift, so the gift through you, but you also need faith to receive the word of God, to receive the healing of God. And I think that this blind guy is a bit like me, that at first he was a bit skeptic. Jesus praying for him and he's like, I've been blind my whole life. Would I know what it looks like when I can see? Because I don't know what it looks like when I can see. And he sees something and he's like, oh, I see the blurry, blurry, blurry. And Jesus is like, no, complete healing. And I pray again. Sometimes healing isn't instant. It's a process. And I think the process is there for the one receiving the healing to grow in faith. Because if you're anything like me, when I was younger, now I've seen just way too much not to believe immediately. But when I was younger, I was very skeptic. And that blind guy would have been me. Oh, what's this now? Why are they praying for me again? Oh, I can see a little bit. Okay. And I think in that moment, his faith arose. And he's like, oh my goodness, if I can see a little bit, I can see a bit more. So yes, Jesus, please pray for me again because I want the complete thing. And the healing took place. Then there's obedient healing. John chapter nine, Jesus does something very weird. He spits on the ground, forms clay, and places it on the blind man's eyes. Then he gives him a command. He says, go and wash your eyes in the bath in the pool of Siloam, and your sight will be restored. 
So he gives us something to do. Sometimes God is waiting for you to react on his command before the breakthrough or the healing can come. So this guy could have been blind with sticky eyes for the rest of his life, or he could have obeyed the command of Jesus, like thankfully he did. He, go, he went and, and washed his faith at the pool of Siloam. Sight restored. Healing took place. The result of the gift of healing is the same as the result of the gift of great faith. God gets praised. He gets the glory. The last gift is the gift of the working of miracles. This is when God empowers you through the Holy Spirit to work a miracle that surpasses all logic and all natural boundaries. I'm gonna jump right into the example and I thought you're gonna enjoy this example. It's John chapter two, Jesus is at a wedding. You know what happens. A great catastrophe hits the wedding. The wine, the wine runs dry. Socially, this is not very bad for your social status in these times. It's unacceptable. Jesus brought like 12 extra guests that wasn't on the guest list, and because of people like Jesus, the wine gets just finished. But then he takes the water. Well, actually, the, the waiters brings the water, and he just tells them, listen, just go and pour the water. Just trust me. And this is where white wine comes from. <laughs> I'm just kidding. So, <laughs> so they pour the water, miracle happened. The natural physics of life gets surpassed. Science gets obliterated. And Jesus makes the miracle happen, not with what you want to have, he uses what you have to get what you need. This is how the miracle works. He uses what you have, even if it's not enough. Even if it doesn't qualify to get what is needed or desired. God still works like this. For more than nine years, people prayed for my back and the pain I had in my body. And then one night, a colleague of mine came to me and said, we're gonna pray for you. To be honest, my first response was, oh Lord, spare this guy the misery of feeling like a failure. And God spoke to me and said, it's not him. I do the miracle, not a person. I bring the healing not a person. And my wife put her hands on my shoulders and in a moment I had this sense of deep responsibility that I need to be the leader of my household and show my wife what it looks like when a man puts his faith in God one more time. 
and we stood there. It wasn't a big, loud, massive prayer. He called my leg like a dog and said, right leg, in the name of Jesus, come. And we saw as I was sitting on this chair how my right leg grew in line with my left leg. I struggled to walk for two days. My heel hit the ground too early because my leg was longer than I was used to. And I've been sitting with this problem of scoliosis and back pain from the age of 11. And in a moment, after numerous prayers, God heals me until this day I have had no pain in my back or my hip whatsoever because God restores and heals completely. In the working of miracles in John 2, we learn a very important lesson that God can make wine without a winemaker. God can provide in your finances without the help of a bank. God can bring your breakthrough without the help of a person. I'm sensing this in my spirit, that for too long you were hoping for a person to make a way for you, for a person to say the nice word for you, for a person to provide for you, for a person to give the job to you. Let me tell you today, God can give you the highest position without any CV, because that's what he does. But God needs his people to start operating in the gifts that are available to them, and you need to desire these gifts so that people can praise God again for who he is. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, later on, Paul uses this metaphor as the people of God being the body of Christ. And every single person fulfills a specific role in this body. But he also says, if you cut off your finger and just leave it there, what use is it? And if one part of the body suffers, then the whole body suffers. Have you ever bumped your small toe, your clean twinkie? It's one part of the body, but the whole body suffers. Here's why we need to operate in the gifts. Because the main purpose of the body, the main purpose of the church is to glorify the head. Jesus, and if one, if even one part of the body is not doing what they are called to do, if one part of the body doesn't desire and obey the gifts, like we are told in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse one, that we need to desire these gifts. If we don't desire these gifts, the body suffers. And if the body suffers, we as the church cannot give Jesus the glory that he deserves. These gifts are to empower the body of Christ to become stronger, to suffer less, so that we can have a greater impact in the world, so that the King Nebuchadnezzar in the world can bow their knees and say, this is not about me, this is not about my political party, this is not about a government, this is not about a world order, this is about the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, the Savior of the world, Jesus Christ. This is why we have to operate in the gifts.
This is why you have to desire the gifts. It's your responsibility as a believer and a follower of Jesus. It's your responsibility to desire. Can he still? I truly believe he can. I've seen too much to not believe. And I know there's need in the room. I know there's sickness in the room. I know you are desperate for a miracle. You're desperate for healing. And that you have been trusting God for this great gift of faith for you to just know that he will provide. I'm here to tell you today, you can wish all you want. You have to take a step in faith. It's your responsibility as a follower of Christ to desire these gifts. For me to give a prophetic word or a word of wisdom or for pray, to pray for someone who is sick takes faith. For me to stand here and preach takes faith. Because it's nice knowledge, but it's the Holy Spirit. I believe I have faith in the Holy Spirit that He connects it with your heart, that He connects it with your life. All of these gifts take faith to receive and to operate. And my question is do you really think? that you can give God the glory that he deserves without exercising the gifts in their fullness as he has them available for you. We need as a church to desire these gifts and to operate in them so that Jesus can get the honor and the glory that he deserves. So I'm gonna pray with you and I'm gonna send you on your way. But if you need prayer for healing or for a miracle, myself and the ministry staff and the elders will be here in front and we're gonna trust God with you. Amen? Please close our eyes. God, thank you for your word. Thank you that you teach us. Thank you that you shape us. Thank you that you hold all things together. And thank you, God, that you make all things work together for the good of those who love you. I pray that faith will arise. I pray that you will come and do what only you can do. In Jesus' name, amen. See you next